Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Talal Al-Nawab. Talal is a Cambridge graduate and the founder of Integra Education, an educational services firm specializing in the provision of US and UK university admissions counseling, SAT and ACT test preparation, and maths and physics tutoring. With over five years of experience working in the education industry as a university admissions counselor, he has developed a strong understanding of the admissions practices and requirements at universities across the US, UK, Canada, and wider Europe, and has achieved an incredible success rate with 95% of his students having gained admission to one of their top three universities. During this episode, we discuss the different mindset and admission processes between the US and the UK, We talk about the challenge of managing the various perspectives and expectations of students, parents, and universities. And lastly, we debate, are grades the key defining factor in getting into university? And the last message he wanted to share is to focus on the journey, not the outcome. And if you can do that, it will take you really far in your life. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Talal Al-Nawab. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So, Talal, I've heard a lot about you from... Not only my sister, but from my mother as well. And she told me about uh, the work that you do, um, which is basically, it's a, you have like an education kind of platform helping students not only with uh, tutoring, but with like SATs and getting into, but primarily getting into universities and stuff. So yeah. I thought now, given where we are right now, given what time of year it is, and I haven't had someone on the podcast who actually like is focused on that kind of stuff. So I thought it'd be really interesting because I think back to when I was younger, and I never knew what like university was looking for. I didn't know what I had to put on my application. I knew nothing. So I'd love to get into all these different things today. But before we get into everything, Matt, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. All right. Yeah, I'll start from the uh, beginning, I guess. Yes, sir. Um, so I was, uh, I am uh, Iraqi by origin. All right. Um, but uh, I was, I was born in, in London. I okay. lived there until, until I was 11. Came to Dubai with my family in 2002. Good old days, 20 years ago. Um, which feels like uh, a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, sure. <laughs> and I was in I was in high school here. I went to uh, um, Dubai College. Okay. Uh, I did I did uh, GCSEs and A levels, so I, I continued the English uh, curriculum. Um, and then yeah, I I basically had a an interesting university application period, which I guess also is one of the reasons I guess why I'm in this the education field now. So I applied um, initially for um, you know a a set of unis applying for um, economics, actually. Oh, okay, um, interesting. And uh, so I applied only to the UK 
in my in my initial application round when I was you know when I was when I was finishing school. Yeah, yeah. And then I basically ended up. Um, I it didn't go to plan really. I okay. didn't I didn't I didn't get into the schools I wanted to. And you know I was always a pretty good student. I worked quite hard and I had certain ambitions. I didn't get in. I didn't really give much thought to the process. Didn't think about my options. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I basically took a gap year and reapplied. And I actually worked with a counselor myself. Um, university uh, counselor who 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 opened the doors up. To, uh, uh, for me to the US, you know, okay, nice. told me about the US as well as the UK. So I applied dual track the next year, okay, um, US and UK. So I spread my options, which is you know important in this in this game if you can plan ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, if you if you have the the you know means to to uh, apply to both, and um, and so reapplied, and it was a different story the next that that next season that next yeah. application yeah, round yeah. i put in more thought into my applications worked on them harder made sure i was in a good position with my exams etc and then I, I reapplied did a did a gap year and that and that time i, I managed to get into some pretty good schools uh, in both the us and the uk nice and you know i had a choice on my hands between either going to the uk to study in cambridge or going to the us to study in stanford so i had a couple Ooh. of you know some good some good options it was tough, it was a, it was a nice yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a nice it was a nice dilemma to have i was for very sure. very grateful for it and then um, I decided in the end, you know, to, to go to the UK. Okay. Um, yeah. Obviously, I grew up there. Uh, I think it was... More bit, familiar too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Family was, was, was happy with me being there as well. So <laughs> for I sure. Think, I think, it, you know, if, for, at that time, it made, it made more sense. Um, yeah. And obviously, as, allure, as alluring as California was, I always, you know, I do think sometimes what, what would it have been like if I'd gone to Stanford? Um, obviously, you know, much further away, different. It's a different education system, which we'll perhaps talk about later. Mm. But um, and then, you know, so I, I went to Cambridge, did four years of engineering. I applied for engineering, uh, graduated with, with my master's degree in 20, 2014. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I started. So my my work journey has also, you know, been been quite varied and dynamic. And so I started in, in business consulting, working with uh, Deloitte in London. I started my career in London. Okay. Um, I, okay. Moved, I moved to um, London. I wanted to start things there. And then, yeah, I basically, uh, I was working consulting for two years. And then I, I've, I decided I wanted to change things up. I didn't really like, you know, I didn't enjoy working so much for a corporate or for, for you know, for a big company. Okay. I wanted to yeah. try working for a smaller company, um, perhaps change industry as well. I wasn't feeling too super engaged with the work. And that's when I basically had a bit of a career brainstorm and, and came, you know, came up with the idea of potentially working in, in education. Mm. So I spoke to my former counselor, the guy I worked with, got his opinion on the industry. He was still working, you know, still working in the industry and uh, he'd had about four or five years more experience under his belt. So we talked about it and I happened to have a friend who was also working, getting into the industry at the time, okay. funnily enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started working with, with that guy who was in London and I worked for, for you know, under his company, uh, which was a small outfit, only a few people full time. And I was there, so I ended up was initially just a trial period. Ended up being two years. So I oh, worked wow, okay. with, with them for two nice. years. That's how I kind of got to know the industry, you know, learned learned the ropes basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I did I did tutoring. I, I did tutoring SAT ACT. I did some subject tutoring, and then I also worked on the um, university admissions counselling side. So yeah. primarily for the US and the UK because I'd had the dual track, I had some experience with it anyway. And they could, you know, they they basically trained me up as well. You know, gave me some students to work with, and obviously I built from there. And after two years of learning the ropes with them, I decided to um, set up my own my yeah. own company. Yeah. Um, you know, doing similar work, um, primarily focused again on 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 the UK and the US, um, given the experience I'd had. Makes sense. And uh, I set that up in this is now three years ago. Three so, years, okay. So, yeah. So uh, and that was um, 
you know, it was an interesting period. But uh, obviously with COVID, COVID then hits about seven, eight months later. True, yeah, about, yeah. About a year later. So that was an interesting period. But yeah, so I've been doing it for, for three years under my own brand, uh, Integra Education. And uh, I've got a couple of colleagues who work with me now as well on the on the test prep and tutoring side. Okay, gotcha. And I'm more and more primarily handling the university admissions counseling side and the kind of mentorship side. Yeah. So working with students and helping them, you know, on, on that journey to university. It's all part of the whole the same bigger yeah, picture. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. yeah but I'm yeah. doing. I'm trying to focus a bit more on that work, um, and obviously talking to clients and speaking to families and you know. So, yeah, and that brings us, I guess, to where we are now. So. Um, and here we are in 2022. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds, man, sounds like a, uh, it's a very interesting journey to go engineering and then go consulting and then end up, you know, in education. It's just mm. stories like yours and stories like mine, for example. So I did, I did a double major in economics and finance. I have not worked one day in either finance or economics. Right. I worked in sales for a while and mm. now here I am with the podcast and some other work that I do. So it's just interesting that when you're younger, like now going into university, you want tech, you, I've, it feels like you want to have an idea of where you want to go. But I think if we look, both of us looking back in hindsight, do you think now, looking at where you are now and like the students you work with, is it like a must or is it a priority for you to have a very clear vision of where you want to go? Because in both our examples, we went down one road and ended up mm. completely in the other side. So what are your thoughts like around that when I guess you're talking to students and trying to like mm. help them figure out what they want to do and what they're passionate about? Yeah, um, very good question. It's, look, it's, it's the, the short answer is it's, it's not an easy problem, right? To, for to, sure. To, yeah. to, to face. I mean, you know, students are, when I'm working with them, they're, they're young. They're in, even if they're in high school, they're only 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, maximum 18. But if they're, you know, if they're anywhere from year 10 to year 12, when I tend to work with them in the year 10 to year 12 or grade 9 to grade 11, if we're talking about the U.S. system, those last, you know, three, four years, yeah, they're still very young. Um, exactly, yeah. And I think, uh, unfortunately, there's not enough of a focus on, there's still not enough of a focus on careers in schools. Yeah, for right? sure, yeah. Um, I think, you know, schools are primarily focused on um, exam achievement. Yeah. And doing well in, you know, GCSE, A-level, IB, whatever you're doing, American yeah. high school curriculum. They want to have, you know, students to have good grades. And that's the alt, that's all, obviously one of the, you know, one of their leading benchmarks. Exactly. One of, one of their KPIs, exactly. right? Right, right, yeah, what, yeah. What they're measured sure. against. Yeah. And there's a big focus on that. And I think that's not necessarily, I don't think that's, you know, that's something. It's something to think about. It, it's not. It's. A, I think it's. It's. Uh, it's something to to measure yourself against. But I think there is sometimes too much of a focus on that, and they Fair. don't look at the bigger yeah. picture. At the end of the day, you're trying to prepare. Well, in my opinion, at least, you're trying to prepare these these students for for later life. Really, exactly. Right? Yeah, to, yeah. You're exactly. trying to help them. Really, to me, the most important thing is trying to help them discover something which they're you know passionate about. They care about. They want to spend most of their life doing, or they're happy to spend most of their life doing once they leave school, go into university, and then you know it's like almost like a, a funnel towards finding some sort of purpose and and sense of your why, basically. Like yeah, what, yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's I, I don't feel like the current schooling system necessarily does that. And and there's an interesting um, you know the interesting theories on this, and and there's a, actually a TED talk which I I've sent to some people recently, which which a friend of mine showed me um, by a guy called Sir. 
Sir Ken Robinson. Okay. And the title, I think, of the TED Talk is uh, Do Do Schools Kill Creativity? Oh, I've seen that. Have you Actually, seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of the most viewed TED Talks. I think it's about 65 million views or something. That's why, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, he actually recently passed away, sadly, but he was he was a he was a a guy who was trying to promote um, uh, like arts education yeah. within schools, and mm. basically saying talking about how you know most curricula you know in in the world deprioritize arts subjects, for example, true. yeah, right? they do music, yeah, you know, art itself, that drama, cre- that creativity side, right? creativity yeah, side, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they tend to stifle or you know stigmatize it in a way that they, they just they do not promote it so much. Sure. Um, instead, the focus is on STEM, science, maths, English, as well. Of course, you know these are like the big focus areas, and then you've got the social sciences, the humanities, and then at the bottom of the pecking order is the arts, as you were saying, and it's right. Um, and you know that that means that you're not exposing. You know that that to me is is automatic shows you that you know we're not exposing necessarily students to enough of a you know a broad enough range of of areas exactly you know? to think about or to consider exactly 100 percent. i mean you know i've got a passion for music for example I've there done, you go I've, you know i've done some music production in the you know in the, in the past it's a pretty serious hobby of mine and i was never again that was never something i really got to properly i ever really considered because it was never something i took seriously because i don't think i was you know primed to take it seriously yeah you know what i mean yeah so I think you know, that in itself is very interesting. So, so going back to what, what we were, you were saying about you know, having that, that vision, I think it is important for students to, to, to think about it more. Yes, I, that, that's fair. That's right, fair. to yeah. think about it more. I don't think you have to have the answer from a young age necessarily. You know, my, my job, one of my jobs as a counselor is to try and help students explore, get, get enthusiastic about exploring different career paths. Yeah. You know, doing summer programs, uh, you know, using their summertime wisely, um, you know, exploring different subjects at school, thinking about their curricula a bit more closely. Which subjects am I going to do at GCSE, A level, or IB? And you have, you know, some some good choices often available at schools, and really getting them to think for themselves rather than thinking about what are my what are my what are my classmates doing, what do my parents want me to do? Yeah. You know, like like try and think more. You know, try and think more for yourself because when you get into career, and and you probably know this as well yourself now, you know, as a working person. What you know? What's going to sustain you is your passion for what you're doing. True. Not your expectation, the expectations of other people, because yeah. it's going to. That's what's going to supersede all of that immediately. Is what are you passionate about? What do you feel? You know, what, what do you feel enthusiastic? What are you? What's going to wake get you up in the morning? Exactly. What's going to keep exactly. you working till a certain time to push yourself and hopefully, you know, I think most people want to achieve things in their life. Um, what's going to get you achieving things and doing stuff for your own, you know, out of your own um, volition? Mm. So. I think it's important for, for for students to think about you know having that that vision or you know experimenting with different things to try and come up with some sort of an understanding of what they're what they're passionate about what they're interested in mm. um, and hopefully when it comes to university picking a degree that they actually find in- interesting, interesting yeah, fulfilling yeah. and hopefully being able to really leverage that degree as much as possible you can still change careers and stuff it's not like you're fixed but you know you've given it the thought so you don't look back and you think to yourself you know what. I really could have thought about that some more, you know? Yeah. And you're just making yeah, your life yeah, that much sure. smoother and that much more, you know, fulfilling at each stage. Yeah, I think so. And that's a big part of the the, the driving force of my work, for example, and mm. the work of, you know, other people, I guess, in my field. Um, I really think it's not just about me helping students with applications to university, which, of course, I do. But what do you, you know, what's the, what's the bigger picture? Exactly. You know? exactly. Uh, working with students from a young enough age is also important for that, I think. Yeah, I think you made, um, 
I think you made a good point, and this is one of the, one of the questions I had for you. And you correctly said there isn't enough of an emphasis on career when it comes to schooling, and partic- it doesn't have to be from the beginning, but particularly in those years. And from all the stuff I've read on your website, for example, the key thing that seems to stand out is the earlier you start thinking and planning, the better results you can expect to have, and the yeah. better execution you're going to have, right? Yeah. But I remember when I was. 15 16 17 18 like and the work you do i i can't you would know better because mm. you're you're talking to these students all the time and they're in that age but when i was like 15 16 bro i was like my head was nowhere near you know anything like thinking about a future like in my For head sure. i'm like yeah i want to do engineering but that's it like i had more important priorities i'm like what are my friends doing all oh, these girls yeah. or this sure. you know what i mean it's so for sure. yeah. so for me to yeah. For a fifth, for a fifteen to like eighteen year old to sit down and have like the mindset to be like, you know what, I genuinely want to think about what I want to do, must be quite from your challenging for them to get there and challenging for you as the counselor to communicate with them in a way that makes it in quotation marks cool or in you know, mm. it's, I can resonate with that or some way for me to connect with that. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the big challenges. Um, you know, and I, and you're right. Our students are as we were when we were younger. You know, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. you know you're, yeah, you have other things you're thinking about. What are my friends doing? And 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 yeah, that's not. And that also feeds back to the point I mentioned about the school really getting you to think about this because the school you spend so much time Ex- in school. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and yeah. that that's your your job is student. You know, it's like my dad always used to say, "What's your job? You're, stu- you're a student. You know, you have a job. It's just a student. You know. So uh, so we, they do have jobs, and that's their that's their work, so to speak. You know, they're they're learning. Exactly. But, but it's, they should exactly. take that seriously. Um, and I think that's the thing there. It's just taking it, taking it seriously, and and you know being being able to have that, uh, you know, getting them enthusiastic about it. And it, it's it is you know it's the ecosystem. If you have good teachers, if you have good counselors, if you have good careers guidance, you know, if you have, and this is obviously the big challenge, really, then you're going to have students who are going to take this more seriously. You know, you're going to have yeah, students who are going to yeah. think about this more. The problem is they're not. They're not made to think about it. Uh, you you hit it you know? on the head, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. If you make them think about it, they will think about it. You yeah. know, even if okay, they have the time to do their fun and, and we'll need our time off and you know have fun with their friends, but they can still use that time in school, for example, and outside school to to give it some more thought. Um, and it doesn't have to dominate their life, of course, but it's it's you know, a little bit of time from an early age makes a huge difference later on. Yeah, I can right? imagine. It can yeah. make a huge, huge impact on your life. And um and, and and that that gentleman, uh, Sir Ken Robinson, you know, he was saying one of the stories he said in in the TED talk was, which I found you know very powerful, was he mentioned about how there was um, there was uh, the story of um, uh, a lady who ended up becoming a, a top uh, a top I think it was ballet or dance teacher slash you know business lady within the dance world. She worked yeah. on like Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals and Phantom of the Opera. She basically was like a, a you know a kid who was who was you know thought to be someone who had maybe ADD or you know wasn't yeah. able to focus in class and but it turns out that you know she had a passion for dance and a doctor that was meant to kind of diagnose her for whatever problem she may have had or whatever would actually told her mom that you know she's a she's a, a dancer you know she's she's passionate about dance you, you know you should take her to a dance school lo and behold the mother you know listened and thankfully she that doctor was clearly a special man. Um, who was able to 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 really you know, realize that rather than prescribing some medication or something? Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, and that and that you know, so that just shows you small little things like that. You have the right people, the right ecosystem around you, and and that changed our life forever. And and you know, working with young people, they are quite they are adaptable. 
they're they're more their their thinking is generally more more flexible. They're more they're a, more able to be you know influenced, hopefully positively. Exactly. Yeah. Um, sure. And they'll look up to people who have been through experience, and they'll they'll be able to take on advice and and hopefully be able to be steered in the right direction. Yeah. Um. And and so you know so I think there is uh, there is something to be to be done. But you're right. I mean that is ultimately the, the kind of status quo is there's not uh, yeah. a natural you know. Uh, inclination or or curiosity for that because not because of them but because of the ecosystem around them i think you really hit the nail on the head when you when you talk about ecosystem because like you said if for example in school the norm was in every school all over the world the norm was like from grade nine let's say ninth grade onwards you have a couple of years left so you're going to university that that is a conversation that you have on an ongoing basis year by year it becomes normal it becomes a I can see it becoming a conversation started with my friends like, oh, what are you thinking about? What am I thinking about? Do you know what I mean? So like you said, you're giving it the, I guess, the spark to start having these kind of conversations so that when um, so that when someone like yourself comes in, for example, out of nowhere and you're t- asking me all these questions, I'm like, bro, I've never even thought about anything you're talking about. So like now, so how am I supposed to like get my head around it? There's, there's a bit of a, exactly, there's, there's something there at least where you're already having it. Building it into that. Yeah. Building it into the system. Yeah, basically. Um, and I can imagine with the work you do that many students come to you. Mm. I w- I'm going to I'm going to guess you'll correct me if I'm wrong. They come to you in the last year, probably. <laughs> right. You know, it's yeah. like, OK, Someone, now. Yeah. yeah. Now it's time for university. OK, we need some help. We need to get to a counselor. And one thing you said, but they, I've never again, like, like we've been talking about, but I've never thought about my future. I've never thought about mm. my career. I've never thought about university. And one thing you said um, was that universities look for that make students stand out is that narrative, that story, mm. and like their admissions essay, for example, that hook, the hook, the as hook, you call it. Sure. So if I've never thought about any of these things, mm. and now here we are, it's grade 12, I'm going to uni next year, I've never thought about any of these things, I'm sitting with you, Talal, I'm like, okay, now, like, what do I do? How do I accelerate finding what that hook is? So... It, it's sometimes not easy because you've come, you've that's and that's the whole point. You've come at it quite late, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that, so that, I mean, at that stage, because of course, yeah, as you said, a lot of families do come to me when the the, the student is in year thirteen or the, you know, the last year of high school, and they're it's like September, October. Applications <laughs> are in November, October, and you know, panic mode. Hey, help! You know, can you help? Can you help? And of course, I can help. You know, and of course, I work with those families a lot, but. Um, yeah, it, it makes what, what it what it means is that the student's story is is set, and it's a case of how do you present the story, okay? Right? You know, yeah. How do you present that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how do you take the the achievements and experiences of the student, the CV of the student, let's say, uh, you know, the student's resume, and how do you present that in the best way? And oftentimes, there's things that students haven't even thought about. Oh, you know, I've got had that had that experience where I went through this you know difficult period in my life and I overcame it, and it's like, oh, well, you know, well, we can. You know, talk about you can that in your essays. That. Yeah, for, yeah. In the US, you know, they, they really care about these kinds of personal stories. Um, in the UK, it's more academically focused, right? But uh, it's more degree focused. But in the US, they care about these these personal stories. And, and you'd be surprised the stuff that someone has, a story they might, might have, which is, you know, quite powerful, which they don't even think about. So it's about teasing it out of them as the counselor, you know, and, and, and getting all the information from them. Then from there, helping them craft, you know, a certain narrative or the hook, as you've called it, which is something that's going to get the admissions teams to look at and be like, oh. Yeah, oh, let's take a look at this. Let's take yeah. a look. This is an interesting student. Because yeah. you're obviously, you know, the competition that you're facing. So you really want to want to tell a story that's personal, 
um, that's, you know, this is for the U.S. particularly, that's personal, that's, um, you know, it's engaging, that's interesting, that's real, end of the yeah. day, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and how you tell that narrative is 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 very important. And that's a big part of the work at that stage. You know, that's the application Gotcha, time. gotcha. Um, so there is, of course, you know, and, and oftentimes, like I said, students do tend to have things that they've done and things yeah. they've gone through that, that can be very powerful stories and very powerful tales. Um, and it's about, yeah, it's about, it's about getting that, getting that through. Yeah, exactly. That across yeah, yeah, at exactly. that stage. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it can be, uh, it's an interesting period to come. But as you said, a lot of families, parents as well, just don't think about this, this stuff. In advance. Until, yeah. 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 Early yeah. enough. They don't, exactly, they think yeah. to themselves, okay, now we're in final year. Okay. It's application time. Okay. Let's. Now we need the help. Now we need the help. Exactly. Yeah, now yeah, we need to yeah. think about this properly. Exactly. You know? Whereas, exactly. and there are some families out there which actually are very proactive and to come to me when when their this the their their son or daughter is in year ten, oh wow, you know, okay. year nine sometimes, you know, even earlier sometimes. But generally speaking, you know, some of them will come in when they're in year you know year ten, year eleven, still got a, you know two more years to go, for example. And it's like okay, now you can really plan ahead and yeah. really you know yeah, I can yeah. work with the students on a longer term basis and really help them steer themselves and it doesn't need to be a rush necessarily. And so it's you know it can it can make a big difference exactly um, yeah so. But those those are the families that generally tend to tend to be a bit more proactive about it and and really want to you know th- are thinking about their their son and daughter's education and it can, could come from the students sometimes you know and if it's a it's, if it's a very proactive student sometimes they are the ones driving who'll seek who'll seek yeah, that out I mean I've had yeah. students come I had I've had conversations with students in the first instance the parents aren't even there you know it's like I'm talking to the student and the students like you know so how can you help me with this and I'm like you know it's a, great because I, rarity you know it's it's and it shouldn't be the case but it's it's not the it's not the usual, but you will get those very proactive, ambitious students who realize that they might need some could do with some support, some good guidance, and they'll reach out um, because maybe they've they've you know seen seen my company or they've heard about me through their friend who yeah, told yeah. them in school, a mm-hmm. classmate, and they'll reach out to me. They won't even w- tell their parents. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like um, yeah, let me talk to them. Let me talk to them. And that's great. You know, it's amazing. Uh, end of the day, my you know my. Um, my ultimate client really is is the student, right? Yeah, I'm working with the student, yeah. um, but of course the, the family relationship is very important as well, and the parents should always be there and involved if possible to help steer steer things and and keep a tab on things. But the student is the one that I'm ultimately working directly working on. with. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen? Um, have you? So you've been in the field for about like a couple of years now, but you two years alone and then three years now yourself. Yeah. So on so. Let's start. Let's focus on this first. So, in the example that you just gave, a student that has come to you or a family that has come to you, they're proactive. Year ten, whatever. We're working together now for for the next two three years mm. until I graduate and go to university. And the other the other side, which is the ones that have come, you know, final year. Like, yeah, final year, like two months out. I need your help. You know, admissions and so on. Mm. From your perspective, have you seen a difference in, I guess, success rate or results or how do you? How would you compare the two differences from, like, for yourself mm. and having you know that experience and having this experience? Obviously, I'm guessing you prefer the longer one because you get to build that relationship with the student. You can guide them better. There's more time. It makes mm. sense. But how would you compare the two from your perspective now? Like, if you look back. Well, a big question there is how do you define success, right? True. So, so you know, how do you define? Is it? Is it? It's you know, for me, it's not about you know how many students got into Harvard. You know, okay, because. Harvard is not necessarily the best place for, you know, for a lot of students. You know, it's about, for me, I would say the success, the six, I would measure the success by 
the ability to get the student into the best fit university for them. Best fit. Best fit. And that's, you know, that's that's very important. That's really what this is all about. The right degree. Um, because, you know, the, the right degree, the, the right university. Um, because you could go to Cambridge and do engineering, for example, or you could go into, you know, Oxford and do whatever, or, you know, LSE and do whatever. But these are the top universities in the UK, for example. But you might be doing something you don't, you don't like. You know, mm. you might be doing something you really aren't passionate. You might drop out. You might you struggle for three years to get through it and really chore. And versus someone who's, you know, who's just to give. I mean, this is a, you know, um, uh, a random example, but you know, someone who who goes to a university that's less highly, you know, reputed, but is doing a course that they actually love. You yeah, know? like maybe yeah, they're yeah. at the London College of Fashion, or they're, you know, they're doing, you know, architecture at a great, you know, uh, university that specializes in architecture, like. Uh, RISD, you know, Rhode Island School of Design. A lot of people haven't heard of that university. It's one of the best architecture schools in, you know, in the U.S. And they might be a lot happier, you know. So, but but the, but people will look at it from the outside and think, yeah, but hold on a sec, that's not. But that student got into Cambridge, and that student got into, you know, Rhode Island School of Design. Surely Cambridge is the better university, so that's yeah. the more that's the most successful outcome for you. And and I would say it really depends, you know, it really depends on, on the, you know, on how satisfied the student is with that decision and how much they've given it, you know, some bit of thought and they've really, you know, it's an informed decision rather than, hey, I just want to go to that yeah. university because <laughs> it's the best university and, and other people are telling me to apply there. And, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, so how do you define the success? And I think the success is always greater if you look at it from that perspective of best fit when I've worked with them over a longer time period. Um, and I'm, when I'm working with them in a shorter time period, my job is to try and achieve that but in a it condense it, in yeah. a condensed period yeah, which obviously exactly. is, is is more difficult um but that's what i'm always thinking about it's it's you know how do i get them into the best fit universities for what they want to do yeah you know um and that's that's what that's a big you know that's that's the way i always position it yeah basically i think you made a good point about uh, again hitting it on the head about a lot of people i think mo i i would i'm gonna get assume Mm. most people or parents or students you know you want to go where do you want to go to university you want to go to the big boys you want to go to the harvards the stanford's mm. the cambridge's like all that shit like you're talking about mm. and then comes the question okay is this the best is this the best fit or not so you see the work you do like even talk, talking to you is very interesting because you're in a very unique position and there's so many different factors you have to consider so i was thinking about this i'm like when it comes to applying for universities or working with a student, mm. you have three perspectives that you've got to manage. You've got to manage the student's perspective, you've got to manage yours mm. and the universities, and you have to manage the parents. Mm. And there's times, I'm guessing, where those three definitely don't align. So yes. for me, <laughs> I can see the smile. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so I guess, is it when you're dealing with, let's say I'm a student, I want to go to the top university, my parents want me to go to this top university, whether I have the credentials or not, but I just want to apply there because again, it's a reputable, uh, a reputable university. What are you like, you can help and try, but you're also, you know, the, you know, this world, so you're realistic. So are you, do you have to sometimes just give a hard no, like guys, it will not happen. Like, this will not happen. It's not, I'm not, and it's not in a negative way, just on one, two, three requirements, or one, two, three things I know, whether fit culturally, whatever, fine, but maybe academically it doesn't fit. There's, there's so many angles that you have to take into consideration. Yes. Yeah, for sure. hundred um, percent. 
yes, it can be. Uh, it, there can be some some conversations <laughs> that need to happen. Sometimes the earlier, the better. You know, except you know, getting ex- expectation setting is very important. Key, yeah, in this. for sure. Yeah, and yeah. um, and a lot of things it is right, but in this definitely because you, as you said, you have the perspective of the parent, you have the perspective of the student, and yes, you have my perspective as the counselor exactly. and my advice. And ultimately, I'm being hired to advise. I'm, a, I'm an advisor, right? Um, I'm giving advice, really, to, to the student and the parents. Parents, um, And so there is often, not always, but there is often a clash between, let's say, student and parent. Yeah. You know, my parents want me to apply here, but the student will tell me, you know, I don't really want to go there. But And, and it's sometimes you have to find, it's compromise often, you know? It's like you've got to find a bit I'll of, okay. Give, you can take this one, maybe. Exactly. Not, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. Apply to, okay, apply to that school because you know your parents really want you to apply um and even though necessarily it's not necessarily what what you you know maybe necessarily want to apply for it could be a great university yeah yeah. so you know if you do get in great um but you know you you have to sometimes find some compromises sure um i think it's you know what are the fair compromises to make basically um but that that is definitely a uh you know a challenge but just being honest being as transparent as possible with you know, as I said, the expectations and where the student, you know, what what are the student's interests, you know, what what's their academic uh, achievement level, you know, and where is, as you said, where is realistic and where is, as we said, the best fit, really. Um, and that's something which, yeah, with some situations, it can be trickier than others. With some, with some families, it can be trickier than yeah, others. For sure. Um, I think the best situations are, you know, are, are where you have, um, you know, parents who are, their number one focus is is on making sure that their their you know their kid is 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 you know is is happy is doing doing it for them yeah not for by for them I mean for themselves for, for, yeah exactly not for, for the yeah parents. not for the parents yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah it's doing it for themselves and giving them that independence to really think on their own two feet which is you know something that'll you know a lot of kids don't get that luxury at that age but it's something which you know they should be giving starting to give them i think some of that and being able to make their own decisions so that when they do leave leave for university they, they've made those choices independently um yeah. and they've made the choice of which universities to apply to with where they feel like they're very involved in the process and they're really they're really leading the process to be honest that's what i always want to try and do is make sure the student is leading the process because they are i always tell them you know, you're going, you're going there for four, three or four years. Not me. Yeah, yeah. Not your parents. Exactly. exactly you, yeah. you know, yeah. you're going to be out there on your own. We're not going to be there with you to hold your hand. So, you know, giving, giving people, you know, giving young people that, those reminders mm. can, can often also, you know, spark. Spark something, right? Something, yeah. oh, you're, you know, actually, you're right. It is, you know, that's true, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's, and that helps them think on, you know, makes them think on their own feet and really, and again, care about it. Right, but yeah, the expectation setting. Going back to your to your question, you know, the expectation setting is very important, and having those conversations from uh from from early on is is important. Where have you find? Where have you found? I guess the bigger challenge is it usually when it comes to like this topic, for example, mm-hmm. of applying to universities and where to apply. Is it convincing the students to go without to go for a certain route based on you know what makes sense for them, or convincing the parents? Because I don't know which one it would be. I think both are equally hard. But I'm, I would say at the end of the day, buck falls with the parents. So I think that's where the battle has to be won first. Yeah, I think it's um, a good question. Um, generally speaking, probably the parents. Mm. Um, because I think the students are generally more adaptable in their thinking. 
um, and they they know they're young and they don't have so many formed opinions yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they're true. looking for to you. I like for, how you phrase that formed opinions. Formed opinions. Yeah, yeah they're, they're looking to you to give them you know the guidance really, exactly right, yeah, as their yeah. counselor. Or sometimes I guess the parents, you know, they 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 may have yeah they may have their own their own thoughts on certain universities or certain degrees that they feel less uh, enthusiastic about, um, or they feel really enthusiastic about, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they like, really want to do make sure they do that, make sure they apply to there, yeah. and that's you know, talking them all, talking you know talking to them and having a more balanced conversation, yeah, you know, thinking about things holistic can again it can sometimes be challenging. But I think generally speaking, you know, it's oftentimes it's about how you communicate with people, you know, how you how you uh, describe the pros and the cons, how you yeah, yeah, how you take yeah. them through the, the whole situation. Most people will will listen to reason. Yeah. Um, and if you give them if you give it to if you communicate with them in an effective way, they, they and you have obviously reasons for saying what you're saying, they will often and you and they know you're the ultimately they're hiring you because you're the expert. They will. Uh, generally, you know, parents will also take your guidance on board. And yeah, they, they will generally, you know, um, strongly consider it at the least. Um, so I think it's it probably is a bit harder with the parents sometimes, but it's still I've managed I think to try and you know to basically navigate that and manage the um, relationships as as well as I can. I think it generally has been has been good. Yeah, mm. yeah, and then, like you said, at the end of the day, it all does come down to the relationship you have, not only with the student, exactly. but with you know the family and that unit, you know, together. Hundred percent. And again, if and if you've worked with them from for, for a longer period, then of course yeah. you've built that relationship and exactly. the trust and is the there. trust exactly. They know you know what you're talking exactly. about, and you yeah. have the right, you know, the, the, the ultimately you have the kids' interest at heart, and uh, and if they know that for a fact, then they're much more likely to, you know, go with what you say. Yeah, um, exactly. and, and believe what you say. So that that again that makes it easier. Yeah, for sure. In the longer run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can imagine that. Um, yeah. I think oh, so many good points. So many <laughs> so many interesting things to think about. Because um, I'm just reflecting back on like my your time. own experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. And the things I've learned now. You know, moving like given where I am in my life right mm. now and stuff. But it's very interesting to hear how you have to manage those conversations. I'm guessing. Mm. So you worked for two years first in ed- in the education sector, and then you did your own thing. So this this aspect that we're talking about about managing like expectations, building that relationship, have how has that changed from when you first started to now? Because I'm guessing with all the experience you've had, you learn along the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you get more. Obviously, the more experienced you get, the more confidence you have in what you're saying. Of course, yeah, and, more, yeah, and, the more, sure. and that's a big part of it, by the way, is, yeah. is being confident in your expertise. Yeah, um, and well, building the expertise, and then once you've built, that's why I'm grateful that I had obviously the the two years of if I'd done this from the beginning, like flat out, try yeah. to start with this from the start without having it, that would have really been. I mean, I would have been even harder than it was otherwise. Um, because at least when I started my business, I I didn't really have to worry about the knowledge. I had the knowledge. It's about can I can I build up the client base? Can exactly. I, yeah. Can I get enough families on board? You know, and I knew that if I spoke to them, generally they would see that I know what I'm talking about, and yeah. I would hopefully be able to have some success. Whereas if I had to think about that, and you know, I'm also building up my knowledge of this, even though I would have had some credibility because I went to Cambridge and I applied and got into some great universities, blah blah, you know, etc. Which obviously is is you know is does give you credibility to some extent, but I wouldn't have had the confidence of what I was necessarily saying. Yeah, fair. And that would have probably come through, obviously. So um, I think early early on, obviously, when I was working with with students, obviously there is a learning curve, of course. And because I was part of a bigger company, I was able to rely on lean on other 
other counselors exactly yeah and ask them questions and we had some trainings and i i would you know i would shadow and and so you know i i i picked up the ropes through that and of course ultimately you also have to learn a little bit through your own trial and error yeah your own experiences and so i had that obviously on the job learning as well and so by the time i started my own thing i was definitely able to do you know the, the expectation management and you you know you know what to expect yeah you'll still obviously get some curveballs here and there <laughs> you know sure. and new scenarios that come up when you're always learning but yeah. you've seen a lot of different scenarios a lot of different student situations family situations and you become better at managing it basically so i think now basically doing it for five years five plus years you know i've, I've definitely seen a lot of different scenarios and, and a lot of different uh, situations so like with anything, you just get more and more comfortable, right? You build the expertise. And yeah, the expectation management is definitely always always will be probably one of the bigger challenges with this job. For sure, um, yeah. And if you can get that sort of stuff right from the beginning, it makes a huge difference. Makes you know? everyone's life a lot easier. Everyone. Because you know, you know what, they know yeah. what to expect and you're not under-promising, over, like you're not over-delivering, under-promising, you know what I mean? Like, And it's like, it's like with any, sorry, it's like with any relationship, right? It's, um, I think one of the hardest things often with any relationship building, personal or professional, is you have to, you know, it's the transparency and the honesty. And sometimes it's not easy to do that because, yeah. you know, you don't want to hurt feelings or you don't want to say, oh, so you can't, you know, that's out of reach for you or yeah. look, we need to be a bit more realistic about that. But, you know, you're not, you're, it all depends on where it's coming from. It's not coming from a place of you're trying to put someone down. Exactly. It's coming from a place of you're trying to actually help. Exactly. The student. Yeah. And yeah. If, 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 they, if people realize that you're doing it to help them, not to hinder them, then and you're, it's coming from a good place. Yeah. Then it's, it's, you keep that in mind, that philosophy in mind, it's easier to be, you know, honest and transparent. But that's something I have to remind myself of all the time because sometimes you can have some slightly, you know, difficult conversations, yeah. or, which can be quite difficult conversations. And you have to have them if you want to have, if you want to get things in the right place. Exactly. You, know? you do. Yeah. There's a, we, you, you can avoid as long as you want, but we need to address these. We need to address these things. Yeah. To move forward. Yeah. yeah we yeah, can't, yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. you know, ignore them. The, the earlier we address them. The better. The better for everyone. Exactly. You know, less pain, less heartache. And, and so it's like a lot of the times, you know, it's having that, having those conversations, you know, frequently enough and, and early enough to be able to get everything on the table. And be like, Look, guys, this is, this yeah. is what it is um let's work with with you know everything we have here but let's you know let's understand what you know what what the situation is and what we're working with and as long as everyone involved knows you know is 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 um on the same page about that then it's gonna go this is gonna probably end end up a lot a lot better a lot better yeah yeah for sure um Um, when you were talking so I, i was thinking since it's your work is very relationship focused like yeah you know it's it's that at the end of the day besides your expertise and the advice it's without that relationship i could give you the best advice in the world but if i don't have a good relationship with you you're not going to take it and you're not going to listen to it you're not going to appreciate it so yeah. do you from your side as well do you also turn clients away if you feel that you know because i'm guessing there's a discovery phase first before you decide if they want to work with you or you want to work with them because mm-hmm. i can imagine and especially this kind of feel because it is kind of it is you're like it is. It can be touchy, you know. Like, oh, he, he, they didn't get into this, and you said this and that, and, you know, like all that kind of shit. You can kind of gauge the kind of relation, working relationship you're gonna have with someone. So, do mm. you ever like turn clients away if you think, you know, what? I just don't think this is a good fit for me, and I don't think I'm gonna be able to help. Or like, it's not because of lack of expertise. It's just from the relationship, just not gonna be worth my time. Yeah, I mean, I've. I, I think it's that classic situation for any you know business of, you know. um having the 
um, discipline to be able to work with people that you think are you're going to have a fruitful relationship with. Exactly, yeah. And I think, I mean, to answer your question, have I turned families down? I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, in the sense of there's some families where I feel like my expertise might not be exactly what they want or what what they need, especially on the tutoring side, if they need a subject which is like we don't really focus. work with or yeah, it's yeah. like an adult. We could, but we don't really have great. I don't want to say, yeah, we can do that. You yeah. know? And then <laughs> and deliver it in a not, you know, I want to be honest. This, these are areas of expertise, you know, um, and, and I've happily referred them to other agencies and, and you know, um, and vice versa with some people that I know have referred me as well. You know, if they if they work in, for example, the school sector and they got asked about universities, you know, I know I've, uh, a guy who I know in the UK, um, you know, he's referred me to, you know, so it's just about expertise, right, basically. So I've turned, you know, I've turned families away in that sense or turned them, more importantly, to other, yeah, try to, you know, Help push them out. in the right direction. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, and I think sometimes what I, what I'm wary of these days is, you know, if, if I reach, if a client, if a potential family, you know, client reaches out to me or I reach out to a potential client and I can, you know, I don't, I don't like to, um, you know, I'll have obviously, you know, open conversations with them and let them know what we do and how we can help, but I won't push too hard. You know, um, if, if I feel like, you know, people often either they get it or they don't, you know, either they want the help or they don't want the help. Mm. So once I've had, you know, conversations and let them know exactly what we do, how we can help and give them the information, it's up to them to do what they want with it. Right. So um, you, don't, you don't have to, you know, if you feel like you're having to oversell, it's probably not the right fit. Exa- for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's, probably, it's, it's probably not the right fit between us. Hmm. Um, and they might have various reasons for, you know, they may go with another provider or they may just decide, you know, we don't feel like we need the help. Um, fair enough, you know, but, it, but as you know, for me, it's, it's a case of wanting to working, wanting to work with people who, who, you know, who, who want to work with you, exactly. you know, yeah, and, yeah, and who, yeah. who, you know, who are enthusiastic about working with you. Um, and they don't feel any sort of regret or some sort of, you know, um, you know, um, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're keen, um, on, on working with you. So that's something which again, over with experience you and, you know, working with more and more families, you kind of, you know, going through those processes, you learn that, okay, I've done what I need to do. If they want to work with me. Yeah. Great. If not, then, you know, all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but, um, there, there was a, there was a, I remember I read, um, I read a, a friend of mine works in property sales in in the UK in London, and I read one of his his like uh, sales manuscripts one day, <laughs> and it said and one there was a lot of things in that like what is like ten pages or something it was like full of information. But one of the things like their sales training, one of the things it said is uh, it was it was called SW three, okay. which is it's a sales mantra, which is some will, some won't, so what, right? Oh, I like which that. Basically, is you know, like yeah, some people will work with you, some people won't, and whatever the situation may be, whether they will or they won't. The important thing is whether they will or they won't keep moving. Exactly. So what, yeah. Keep moving. And it's exactly. like, don't, don't bask too much in the glory of your client wins. Don't bask too much in the disappointment of your, of the clients that you don't end up working with, who you may have really hoped to work with. So, you know, all you can do is put yourself out there and, and that's it. You know, if, if people want, if you're doing good work, um, that will usually speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. And that will give you the credibility to open up, you know, other doors and stuff uh, yeah. moving down the line. When it comes to, so when it comes to applying for university now as a student, you mentioned something earlier that I didn't even think about um, or I didn't know of that you mentioned like, oh, for the US, you want like a narrative, you want a story, you want like a character. That's what finds them attractive. But in the UK, it's very like uh, academic focused. It's more about degree that. based. Degree based, exactly. Yeah. 
So given your experience and what you see these days, at the end of the day, does academics reign king? Is that at the end of the day, no matter, I could have the best narrative, the best story, but if my grades are not up to par with what they're acquiring, then I have no chance. Or is there, is there actually like a balance? Or at the end of the day, listen, this the grades are they reign king because that's step one to even let them think about looking mm-hmm. at you as as a in quotation marks as a person. So you're talking about for, for the UK, for example, for, uh, for um, any, in, in general, any, in, in general. Or maybe it's so, different depending on the market. Yeah, it is. It can be. It's different. I mean, so for the UK, for example, um, because you, so you're applying for a specific degree in the UK, right? Yeah. Um, which is the case in most places apart from the US, which is we'll we can talk about that in a, in a bit. But but the the UK is degree based, so you're applying for a specific degree. Now the universities will publish the the kind of minimum entry requirements, yeah. right? Which you you may remember this if you apply to the UK. And and they'll they will state that you know you need to achieve a minimum of or the standard they'll say the standard offer is three A's at A level for example or an A star A A level mm. or whatever forty in the IB with six 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 in higher level and they're quite they're quite um, specific often and that standard offer is basically them telling you that if you're not there or more there's a good chance you're going to get a straight rejection okay right. There are sometimes exceptions in terms of you have, may have a very specific um, situation or you may have a very you know, specific, you know, extenuating circumstances. They also have contextual offers, which are for maybe you know, um, underrepresented um, uh, you know, minorities, for example, okay. or okay. people who have certain um, educational constraints mm-hmm. you know, from their backgrounds. So they, you know, they try to make it as fair a playing field as possible. Um, assuming you know you're at the kind of in in the in the um, in the non-contextual or the, the standard offer area, then you know you're probably generally best advised to try and be at least at that level or more. Otherwise, you do run the risk of you know them just saying, "Listen, especially the more competitive universities, we've got so many people applying. Exactly. Yeah. One of the easiest <clears throat> ways to just filter this is, is that- sorry, you don't make that. Well, I'm sorry, we're gonna, you know, and that, and they still have a lot more to look at. Yeah. You know, and ultimately you've got to think to, to yourself, you know, these people are going through thousands of applications. They're trying to make their life a little bit easier because it's not easy to go through and make, make these choices. So, you know, you're, you are best advised to at least have at a minimum what they're asking for. Yeah. And if you don't, then you need to have a good reason for why you, you, think you can you, you still overcome think you, that. You can overcome that. Maybe it's a dream school. You're very close. Dream school, make it. It's worth it to try it. You're taking a risk. I had one student recently who, you know, who was a, wanted to apply to Imperial. Um, and, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a uh, close, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was basically like a point away from, 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 from the IB requirement. They had a 40, mm. he had a 39. They wanted a 40, had a 39. And, um, and, you know, and, and for him, it was, should he apply or not? It's his dream school. He really wanted to get in. He'd done some summer programs there. And I'd worked with him for a couple of, for a period, you know, longer period of time. And, and so for him, you know, it was, we, th- we thought it was worth um, him applying for, for Imperial. This is just yeah. recently. Yeah. So, you know, um, how will it pan out? We'll see. But um, good luck to him, whoever you are, bro. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> and, it, and it's tough, you know, it's tough. So I think, um, there is, yeah. There are times when it's when it's worth maybe going for it. But generally speaking, like I said, the best, the safest advice is you know follow that closely and and be, be and be careful with that stuff. Um, and that again goes back to planning ahead and trying to if you have certain university you're aiming for, try and apologies, try and try try and get to that 
you know, to, to these to these are the targets yourself. we need. Yeah, exactly, these are the targets you need. Yeah, um, and you know what you're going for. Um, so that's the UK. Sorry, just to interrupt you sure. before we move on to the US because this is something I've never understood. So maybe you can give me some clarity. Why, why, why can I only apply to five universities in the UK? Why is that a thing? I don't mm. understand it. In the states, I've like Unlimited, I applied to I think. 30 schools well yeah at at the time you know what i mean and it's unlimited and there's so much more choice and when i look at the different systems like the english system is so rigid Mm. like i can't go into like start law and all of a sudden i'm like you know what actually i want to do finance whatever that i don't have that option i can't just switch i don't have there's no flexibility there so i've never understood why the system well let's one, one at a time let's why is it only five schools do you know why and number two why is it such a rigid system? Like, there's no flexibility at all. And that's why the consequences of if it doesn't go well are much worse. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, the, reason, the reason why in the UK, you know, you have, I think, those limitations is to, to manage, largely to manage uh, competition, Right, because if you're able to apply to you know way more universities, you can have a lot more students applying t- to each university. Yes. Right. So you you are more you're, you're more limited. So I think it's you know one of the main reasons why is because they are they are trying to keep it you know keep the competition re- uh, level a bit more reasonable, right? Um, especially for 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 some of the more uh, selective I mean selective universities are obviously already at. A very low that, acceptance rate. Exactly. Yeah. So you're trying to, I think, make students think a little bit more carefully about where they really want to go to, rather than just sending out super like unibomber approach. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Just, that's just gung ho. You know, yeah. um, they're trying to to make it a little bit more difficult for students to just go for wh- whatever they they just oh, why not try that university, um, and it lets universities have a higher what they call yield. Okay, if I give you an offer, what are the chances you can actually accept the offer? Because they have to manage that. Oh, right? yeah, and that's you don't a, have you have limited choices. Like if I take this, I might not necessarily get two, I'm, three, four, or five, right? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. well, you know, if I give you an offer, what are the and you make the offer, what are the chances you're actually still going to come here? Because maybe you'll go to another university, right? Maybe you've applied to the US. Maybe you've, you've got another you know option in the UK that you prefer to us. Are you going to accept the offer in the first place? So there's all sorts of stuff where they have to manage that, and that's obviously a big challenge for them. It's yeah. a big admin burden. So they they, they want to try and you know, manage the yield and that helps them manage the yield because you're being forced to apply to a smaller number of, of, schools, of schools as well. Yeah. Right. So those are I think some of the driving reasons for why they they keep it smaller. Smaller, yeah. Where in the US you have um you effectively can apply to pretty much unlimited. <laughs> yeah. Right. Obviously it's just it's the constraint is how much time do you have <laughs> and how well have you planned ahead. Um so most of my students will apply to if they're, you know, applying to just the US, I'll probably apply to between 10 and 12 probably because mm. um, you want to make sure you have the good quality as well yeah application you don't want to yeah. just water down the quality because you just want loads especially for the more selective universities um if they're doing dual track again maybe they'll apply to like eight or ten they're also got the uk as well exactly you know, yeah, so, yeah. you know so and some students again will apply to more if you're if again if you've planned from early and you've got the you know you've got the bandwidth and you've you've you know got things ready early maybe you'll apply to 15 plus in the u.s um the thing with the U.S. is the U.S. you have you have you know supplementary app uh, essays as well. Yeah, exactly. So you have the common the common app right? common app essay, which yeah. is the central essay, which is for all the universities. They're on the which majority of them are on the common app. And in the U.K. you have the UCAS personal statement. Yeah. But in the U.K. you're five univers- you're just it's a central application. Yeah. 
So you can, you know, you pick your five, you write your precedent, you can pick your five. You don't have to do any extra work really for the five in terms of essay work. You have, may have interviews for Oxbridge or Imperial or LSE, but you know, you're, you're not going to have um, extra, extra, you know, extra essay work to do. So for the US, you are what, what I guess their way of trying to prevent people from applying to too many is they have they give you that extra work to do often. Especially again, the more selective yeah, the university, generally yeah. the more supplementary essays they will have. Yeah. Um, so and some of them can have like, you know, some of them could have quite a few. Um, you know, uh, they can have up to, you know, three to five extra essays. That's a lot. Um, each of them is, you know, three, four hundred words, some of them. So it's still this is so there's work to be done, you know, and you have to go through a drafting process if you want them to be good and, and you know it can take some time. So and if, imagine if you're applying to 10 universities, even eight universities, even six universities, you know, that's... Extrapolate that. Extrapolate yeah. that. And, and you've got quite a lot of essays to write on top. So you can be writing 15, 20 essays, you know. And again, you can, you can, re, you know, you can reuse and, and, you know, cut and, cut and you know, um, re-kind of cut an essay because maybe it's a similar question. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. it's not like you're doing from fresh. Fresh, yeah. I mean, it starts to become a case of you can, you can start to use your existing material, but there is you know, some work to be done. So you have to factor that in. So that's why I don't think you know, there's not a strict limit in the US, but it's, it's, it's you know, almost like a self-imposed limit by giving you that extra work to do. If you want to apply to, mm. you know, to our university, you've got to do these extra extra things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the UK system is, is, it's always, I mean, it's been that way for a very long time. Um, you know, the five, maximum five options, you can't apply to more than five. You can only apply to one of Cambridge or Oxford. You can't apply to both. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so you oh, can only really? apply to one of one okay. of them. And again, I think it's trying to, again, you know, keep students from over, you know, it's already very difficult to get into from from putting too much risk into that, into yeah. the application, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I, again, that's that's one of, I think, the driving the driving reasons. So there are little, you know, there are things that make it seem like it's more, it's more rigid or it's more strict. It's a bit less open. Um, and of course, you know, the UK system is degree-based and the US system is, generally speaking, it's liberal arts-based, right? So you go and you don't, you have two years generally where you're not, it's almost a continuation of school. Yeah, you're not like in your major. Yet. You're not in your major yet yeah. until yeah, yeah, your yeah. third and fourth year. So, and most students will, you know, you have exceptions, you may apply to architecture school, you apply to engineering school. Yeah. So there are exceptions as well, depending on your major. Um, but generally speaking, most students will go to the College of Arts and Sciences, as they often call it, which is the Liberal Arts College of the University, and they will, they will continue to explore. Yeah, they'll navigate through that. Basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so that's, that's a big question really is, you know, what style is best for the student? You know, mm. is it does a student is a student the kind of student that knows they want? Oh, I, I want to be a doctor. In which case, you're probably better off going to the UK. Yeah. You know, or I want to be. I know I want to be an engineer. Yeah, engineering actually, you know, you can do that also in the US. You can go to a specific engineering school of university. But you know, you the the point is that the UK gives you that. Okay, I'm going to jump into this, and I'm I'm super narrow now. Whereas with the US, it's like, okay, maybe I want to keep my options open. There's a lot of young people, as we said, don't know what they want to do yet. Exactly, exactly. So it gives them more chance to take, you know, I need to take a, still need to do a foreign language and you still need to do, you know, a math class, you know, creative arts classes. And it just allows you to continue to explore. Yeah. And that might be very, very beneficial for, for, for some students. Yeah. So again, about, it's about being wary of the different systems and hopefully being open to, you know, the op, you know keeping your options open. open. Yeah. And maybe you want to try both. Maybe both sound good to you. Um, 
and depends which schools you end up getting into that will dictate which one you go to. Um, so, you know, these are one of the big philosophies I always, again, tell families is keep your options open. Yeah. Keep your options yeah, open. You exactly. never know which schools you're going to get into. You know, some of these schools are very hard to get into. You know, I can, I, I I'm not, I'm not, you know, gonna, gonna, I don't lie to families and say, I can guarantee you entry into yeah. this university. <laughs> or I know this person because it doesn't make a difference. Exactly. Any provider that tells you that or is charging astronomical amounts of money to, to is lying to you, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, you saw that. I don't know if you watched that. Did you see that uh, Netflix documentary, The Operation Varsity Blues, with the guy who was. No, no. There was a whole scandal in the US a few years, a few oh, years ago. Oh, because people were paying to get the, like, it's like bribery, right? Pretty, yeah. It was a whole scandal about a guy who was, he used, a, he used a, a, an approach which he called the side door, which is to get people, people in from the side door, which is, you know, the front door is the. The, the, the admissions yeah, yeah. you know the, the the kind of way that most people should be doing it and then you have the back door which is you know big donation givers who are or specific you know people of um in certain positions maybe politicians etc who are you know who have the ability to go through the back door which can be very um costly and then you have the side door approach. So, so the, the the kind of point is, it's an interesting documentary actually. Should very very fascinating, but 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 the point is that you know you are you are you are effectively um, you know you're you're trying to make sure that you are um, you know applying to a wide enough range of universities if you can to give yourself the best chance to get into some some great schools. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and again, if you. I keep saying this, but you know, if you if you plan ahead, a lot of families are like, a lot of families like, is it? It's a lot of hard. It's a lot of work. I've got to do the SAT, or I've got to, you know, I've got to do all these essays. I'm like, well, yes, if you do it the day before, the two weeks before the application deadline, or even a month before. But if you plan a bit ahead, like with anything, and you give yourself some time, it's doable. Yeah, you know, it's doable, and it's worth and it's worthwhile to do it because this is going to dictate your next, you know, the the students' next three to four years of their life, and then and beyond yeah. right so you know these are things that are worthwhile thinking about and if you give it the time then it's perfectly perfectly manageable, doable, perfectly yeah, yeah, manageable. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. and i've had many students do dual track you know you at uk and us even that's the most common these days dual track is that the most common that it seems unless like you're in a british i would assume if you're in a british system there's a higher chance that you just apply to the uk but if you're an american system i think dual track sounds more likely or more like you know i I would consider it more probably maybe i don't know probably because the u.s is more work yeah generally it probably makes sense that u.s will probably be more able to easily you know more easily be able to consider uk universities because there's a bit less work involved exactly um and you know versus the other way around but it really does depend on the family i mean um some of them are uh, some families are very keen to to keep the options open and want the student to consider or the student themselves want to consider, you know, both because they realize there's a lot of great schools in both UK and the US. Um, and some, yeah, some are more, the majority are probably, majority of families, you know, families in general are probably going to be focused on one market. More than whether the other, it's, yeah. Whether, whether yeah, it's, yeah, okay, yeah. I just want to really apply to the UK or I just want to apply to the US. You'll see that a lot, really. But there are, I'd say probably more and more families that want to keep the options open and go dual track or even beyond dual track. Maybe they want to also apply to Europe or also I had, you know, students who've applied to UK, US, Europe and Canada, you know, so they've done, that's quite a lot of universities at the end of it. Um, but they've really spread the seed. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah, there's some yeah. great universities in, the, in Europe. You've got some great universities, you know, you've got, you've got some good universities in, in Italy, in, in, you know, in Spain and in, in um, Netherlands, 
uh, Canada's got some great universities, McGill, you know, uh, um, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, BC, British Columbia. Yeah, there's some good schools in the in Canada as well. So again, it's worth even thinking outside. You, you know, UK and US is where the majority of the best universities in the world are. Yeah. US number one and then UK. But there are also some other interesting options outside of that, which students, you know, should probably be considering as well. Uh, assuming the families, their families are happy for them to, yeah, to go exactly. Um, it's, so yeah, it's very interesting listening to your explanation, understanding the different mindsets of both systems. Because I've never looked at it from that way. I never knew there was a like how the UK is like degree based and the states is kind of different. And there's a mindset behind that, and there's a way to think about it and the way to approach it that I I've never even considered or knew about before. Mm. Um, one thing I was thinking about, because you, you, you touched on it like uh, a couple of minutes, like many times just now, is keeping your options open, right? So now, let's say no, nothing is guaranteed, right? No. I'm coming to you. I'm like, Talal, uh, I'm, let's say I'm a parent. I'm like, I want my student to get into, my student, my, my kid to get into, let's say, a range of between these five. I want him to get into one of these five. Okay. Now... Let's say he has the grades. Let's say he has a great story. Let's say he has everything's in line. Mm. But as you know, nothing is guaranteed. Competition is ridiculous. So mm. how much is there an element of luck when it comes into this? And mm. I know people sometimes when they say the word luck, it's like, oh, he got lucky. No, it's not about that. Is I had the opportunity to be lucky. It's like how some people get jobs that are like, you. I would have never thought I would have gotten that job. There's an element of luck, but from your perspective, as me as a parent looking at, for example, you, I'd be like, because you said everyone has a different definition of success. But for me as a parent that is working with you, my definition of success would be, oh, Talal helped my kid get into one of these universities that we really want to get into. But there's also an element of luck, right? So mm -hmm. how do you... It's a tri it's a it's a tricky situation because that's just the reality. That's just the reality, exactly. And and again, expectations. Yeah. You know, it's it's a case of you know I'm very clear from the beginning. I I you know there's no guarantees in this in this process. My job is to maximize the chances. Yes. Of you yeah. you know of your of your son or daughter getting into a range of best fit universities. And that, that's very clear from the beginning. Um, so that's that's the first thing, again, the expectation setting. Now, luck, you know, they, they say that, uh, you know, you're, you're, I think I think it's something like, you know, you're, you, you make your own... Make your own luck. Make your own luck, right? Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, largely true. Now, I think, you know, there is an element of pure luck in the sense of, Maybe uh, you know a certain uh, admission admissions uh, officer or tutor read your application and really resonated with it because yeah. he or she came from the same country as you or mm. is interested in certain thing or, or you talked about a book which they also knew about and that's where the luck comes in yeah right so there is an element hundred percent but you know you are ma you know you are maximizing your chances of getting into these schools by as you said you know as, as we said before getting the right um, academic profile, the right yeah. set of grades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, getting the basically the best grades you can get. You're writing a very strong personal statement that addresses and, and discusses, you know, a, a wide range of interesting activities that you've done, which are going to hopefully be a, be unique or tell an interesting story about yourself or a personal essay for the U.S. For example, which is very interesting and very powerful. 
um, you know, these things can make a big difference. And the recommendations that, that from your, you know, you've got a great relationships with your teachers and that's conveyed in the recommendations. And, and you've picked a smart selection of universities in the first place. You are maximizing your chances of getting a good outcome. Yes. And so, yes, there is an element of luck, of course, like with anything, there's always something. But, you know, you're, you are, it's all about maximizing what you can, maximizing um, uh, what, what you can control exactly because that right? there is an element that you no matter what is out of your control is out of your control exactly and yeah. it's like you know let's 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 do the best with what we can control yeah and let yeah. the chips fall where they may you know um so yes um on you know for, fortunately or unfortunately there is that element of of luck blind luck but i think it's not it's not uh, it's not huge yeah um it's an element it's an element yeah. exactly it's not a, it's not a driving element um, and I think the other things, you know, supersede it basically. And yeah. so that's my, you know, again, my job is to make sure that we're maximizing the stuff that we can, we can control. Exactly. Yeah. And basically. I think, I think that's, I think you made a good point is you're, there's no guarantees in this game, in this world, <clears throat> even yeah, with, even, exactly. even when applying, you know, not just for university, uh, applying for a job, you could have exactly what they're looking for, great interview, whatever. And they still might pick someone up, but Again, there is an element that you can't control because another another person's decision or perspective is has a hand to play in this outcome for you. For sure, you know what I mean. Exactly, their biases, their their or their perspectives, you know, may align better with someone else it, versus yours. Not because you're not. And I and the thing is, I always, you know, I always try to make it make you know really. Um, drive home the point to students who my students who haven't gone into universities they're their top choice for example and most of them tend to get into you know we we have we have a good track record of getting students into one of their top three chosen universities but you know if they don't get into let's say their top one or their top two because they're very competitive um and you know you have to remind people especially young people because i remember the feeling um of not getting into you know especially the first time i applied as i told you um you know, you can be super disheartened, super disappointed, you know, maybe you've worked pretty hard, you know, and, and you've put in, you know, you've put in a lot of work and you thought you're good enough and to get in. It's not, a, it's not about that, right? It's about, the, as they say, you know, focus on, I always tell them, you know, focus on the journey, not the end destination. Okay. Right? Focus yeah. on the journey. And that's, I think, a very, if you can genuinely do that, super powerful philosophy to live by, right? If you can actually focus on the process of, of, of doing the work of, you know, they, the, some of the most successful people, they say, really are able to, to do that. Yeah. You know, they, 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 that's what keeps them going. Something doesn't go right. Because, you know, I always tell students, listen, this is, you don't get into, this is not the, this is not the first or the last time this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right? right. But yeah. ultimately, can you look back at it and say to yourself, I gave this a good go? Because yeah. the only regret you should ever have is mm-hmm. you didn't give it a good go. Yeah. You didn't exactly. think about it. You didn't put the effort in. You didn't yeah. really try. Yeah. Then that's generally when people feel bad. Yeah. Really, in their heart, that's when they feel bad. Because you, you know. Because you, you know. You always know. Yeah. You always, whether it's subconscious or subconsciously, you always know. But if you can tell yourself, I really did give it a good go and it didn't work out, generally speaking, you can be at peace with it. Yeah, easily yeah. be at peace. You can be at peace. Yeah. You've been disappointed. Natural. It's a natural thing. You know, be fine. You know, process that. Process that feeling of of disappointment because it's fair enough. You really wanted to go there. It's a great university. You didn't get into it. Fine, but hopefully, there. First of all, there's other universities that you've gotten into. Hopefully, which are which are also great universities. And yeah. You're going to have hopefully a great experience. They're a different experience, but a, a great experience. And again, make the most of that that journey. Yes. Make yeah. the most of that experience. Yeah. You know, and and so this is you know something to always you know I always try to remind my students is, you know. I think that's really important because you can sometimes get really caught up in in you know disappointment or elation, 
you know the other side of it's also true yeah don't get too caught up in the yeah you know because yeah. ah, yeah. it's like oh i'm in and then it's like okay ah, i just got into like cambridge or I just got into harvard or stanford that's it i'm sorted now well yeah. actually hold on a sec we just started once, yeah once yeah. you get there <laughs> as i discovered with cambridge you know once you get there you're like okay now now they're real let the games actually begin exactly you know? yeah, um, yeah. now it's really even even you know at a tougher level so you know like i said if you can really focus on that on that journey itself yeah. everywhere you go everything you do that's all you know that's the most important part yeah and really. i think i share that philosophy uh, i resonate with that a lot and i think uh I just think this is where I struggle or not where I struggle. What I put in myself in the mind of like a 17, 18 year old is we, me and you by at this point, there's, we've gone through many experiences in our life and learned many things, many down, many highs, many lows, many things yeah. we maybe took personally, whatever. So at this point, you coming, you saying to me as Khaled now at 31, like, oh, trust the journey look back no regrets whatever i'm like hell yeah bro down i know it i felt it. i've been there cool i agree with you mm. but when you're that age to really internalize that and believe it and take it that must be so challenging definitely i think it's challenging at yeah it's challenging at any age um but i think again just you know reminders sometimes can be very powerful you know, I think reminders can be very powerful. Uh, you know, you can often get, you know, you can get tunnel vision with things. You know, you get caught, sure. caught, in, caught, in, caught in that tunnel vision. I think so even though the most simple reminders can, you know, can have a big impact, you know, um, especially when people are in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in that trench. And it's like, you know, this is like, you know, this sucks. This sucks, yeah. Um, and you can, you know, you so someone to come to them and be like, rather than letting them like, well, like, you know, stay in that trench, you know, and be like, yeah, it really sucks. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, rather let's, you know, help get them out of that and be like, listen, yes, does suck. But, you know, I'm here to tell you that you can dust yourself off yeah. and continue to move forward. This is yeah. really not a big, as big a deal as you think it is. It's quite the opposite, actually. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that, that that's the thing. Just And reminding people of that is, and because I've had that in my own life. You know, I've gone through tough stuff. And, of course. Yeah. And when I had even my, as I said, in my first time applying and I had my disappointment you know I had my brother around for example you know my older brother was very very helpful in that time to you know to help you know keep me going keep pushing me forward my parents were quite disappointed and and you know and of course naturally you know and my, my mom was like I think in a bit of a panic mode and, yeah and you know naturally and, and my brother my older brother was was the was the was the stabilizing force that helped me push through it really, yeah and realize yeah, okay, yeah, I can yeah. just reapply again and I can do even, and I'll, next time I'll, I'll I'll aim to really smash it. And I, and I did smash, I smashed my, and when I, I remember when I got the first acceptance to Stanford in the Christmas, you know, Christmas of the next year, when I was on my gap year, I remember I was with my mum, and I think I just had the Cambridge interview. <laughs> and I hadn't gone off from Cambridge yet, but I remember I got the Stanford email, and we were in my hotel somewhere in London, and I opened the email, and I remember the feeling, of course, was, was something amazing. But it, because I'd pushed through the previous disappointment, and I'd gotten to that point, and... You know, and and obviously the it was it wasn't forget getting into Stanford or or whatever. It's you know, that's that's the you know unimportant details. Where the point is that I worked for it. Yes, exactly. You know, I worked is that for validation it. though? 
So it's it, it's it, validation it, of your work. Effectively, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Val- exactly because look, end of the day, I I really believe that you know this is these are all this is like a vehicle to to you know getting into a good university. This is a vehicle to 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 push yourself. Yes, it's, exactly. That's what you know, don't focus on. Did I get into Harvard? Did I get into yeah? These are great universities. Yes, but don't put all your self worth in that. Because you're gonna get disappointed, and, and you shouldn't do it anyway. Yeah. But you know, it was the feeling that I had of 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 working hard to get to that point, and I knew how much work I put in and what I had to overcome to get there. That was really the great the great feeling. Feeling. You yeah. Know? And exactly. when I reflected back on, it, I was like, that's what it wasn't. If I got into Stanford, it was the fact that what that meant, you know, in terms yeah. of what I what I'd done to achieve it. And so, you know, I was when I look back on it, I was like, yeah, I was able through again through good support system to focus on the journey and not get disappointed by yeah what had happened initially and shut down and be like oh what's what's the point you know exactly why yeah. am i doing this for sure yeah and that's how sometimes people feel you know so i from my own experiences i know that it can make a big difference i i'm trying to also be that i try to also be that for, support system for them for, for them yeah i exactly. try to remind them of these yeah. things um yeah and so you know that can that can that can that can make a big difference yeah I can I, I can imagine so. I think getting that perspective from someone like yourself who's trying to guide them, I think they would take that more than if it came from like a different area because you can speak about your own experience, number one. And I like what you said. It's that like it wasn't about getting into Stanford. It's about one year ago, I wasn't successful. And this year, not only have I, I'm, I've gotten into one, so already 10 times better than I was last year. It's validation of your work, but also I look at those kind of situations like in my life, the times that it didn't work out and then it did. Mm. That's what shows me I'm like, oh, I've grown because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get there a year ago. I couldn't do that. Um, uh, uh, the previous version of Khaled, so, so to speak. Sure. Only now can I do it with what I've learned and so on. Yes. Um, we've yeah. touched on a lot of the student side and parents, whatever. But one thing I want to dive into before we round off for today is the the area which I think people have the least amount of information or understanding, mm. the universities. Mm. So the university angle. So we talked about earlier, we talked about students' perspectives. We've talked about parents' perspectives. Now let's talk about the university's perspective. So how do, what's their mindset when it comes to this, like when it comes to picking students? There's the grades, fine. Mm. But it sounds like there's a, the way it works, it's a filtration system until it gets to a point that, okay, someone needs to take a look at this. Are there softwares now that, you know, scan through stuff like that, like they do for companies? And stuff? I, I genuinely don't know. I'm asking. So what's the university mindset that a lot of us or a lot of parents, a lot of students don't know that you think is very important for them to understand, like the mindset of the university when they're looking at like you as a candidate, for example? Okay, so let's let's, you know. Let's break it down between again. I think it's useful to think about this from UK and versus US. Okay. So if we go if we go UK first, so as we said, it, it's a degree based approach, right? Yeah. So what the universities in the UK are looking for first and foremost is you know is is academic achievement, you know, academic achievement, and particularly in subjects related to what you want to apply for. Exactly. So if you're applying for yeah. economics, how have you done in maths and economics? You know, maths is actually the most important for economics, um, as it is for a lot of STEM subjects. But, you know, how have you done in those subjects, right? Uh, have you taken further maths? That could help as well. You know, have you done extra math progress? So what's your academic, first of all, what's your academic level of achievement in school? And what's your, what's your how have you supplemented that outside of school, right? Because the focus really of the personal statement, the UCAS personal statement is, 
you know, why do you want to study this degree? And how have you demonstrated your desire to study this degree? What have you done? You know, yeah. what have you done? And you can differentiate yourself by a lot of my students. I get them, you know, to, to really do activities that, that show that, you know, if you if you want to do economics or if you want to do, for example, engineering, you know, have you done, you know, have you found an engineering club in your school? Have you done an engineering summer program? Have you, you know, have you taken uh, initiative to learn topics outside of school? Have you read certain books? You know, like, how are you really demonstrating that passion? How are you really showing that enthusiasm? Because if you really want to differentiate yourself and really strive to push yourself, and thus get into the best universities, you know, you have to do those things. Yeah. So that's what they're really looking for primarily in the UK is that it's a very academic focus. Now, they also, you know, and, and the, so, so they'll look at your, let's say your academic transcript and your predicted grades and, or, you know, how you're doing in high school. Then they'll look at your, um, you know, that's like the base. That's like has to be there. Really. You have to have a certain level of academic that's achievement. That's the foundation, right? The foundation, basically, yeah. basically right? Um, and then we talked about, you know, the, the, the extras that you're doing on top of that in terms of the different programs that you're doing. And that gets conveyed in the UK through the personal statement. So, you know, okay. you talk about, um, you know, you, that's your opportunity to basically sell yourself effectively, yeah. right? Like, why am I suitable for this course? Why should you let me in for this course? So, you know, you're able to re, to re talk about this. So they're looking at, they're looking at the grade and the personal statement as your way of communicating that yourself yes yeah and showing yeah. them what you're capable of from an academic perspective and you know you can talk about your extracurriculars your hobbies and stuff as well because they, they do want students who are well round you know who are interesting and well-rounded have you know hobbies in music or you know whatever else they might be interested in um you know um so there is space to talk about that as well i do get my students to speak about that but it's it's not the focus yeah exactly, you know it's an extra yeah. not it's not the the core and then um and then on top of that, what you know, what what, what else are looking at? What else they're looking um, at is you know the uh, references, recommendation from the school, which is usually you know like a, a four thousand character piece, um, which the school writes on your on you know so that's about you know your teachers will write about will write about you basically. How have you doing? What do you think of you as a student? How have you how you how do you engage in class? Do you think you're suitable? You know for, for you know how, how how suitable do they think you are for a certain degree? So they'll really look at those references as well, mm, right? Yeah. As alongside the personal statement, this person is your chance to sell. You, and the the references them getting an objective, yeah, objective yeah. perspective <laughs> of you from you know from your school, right? Yeah. Which is untouched by you. Um, and you know, and those components, your your core academic performance, your your personal statement, and your reference, those are really the key components they will be able to look at. When they're when they're determining whether or not they want to accept you for that course or not, right? That's those are what you have at your disposal, yeah. basically, and you need to maximize how good those are, yeah. basically, right? And that's that's the that's the the way to to look at it. For the U.S., there's a bit more um, a bit more nuance, I would say, um, and it's a bit less straight cut. Yeah. Um, so for the U.S., first of all, the U.S. doesn't have those minimum standard offer of things I talked about with the UK before. Technically, you could apply to Harvard even if you had three Cs. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. In the, in the sense matter. of, it's yeah. like, it doesn't, not advisable. You know, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Level. Yeah. not it's, it's, it's not advisable, but you could. There's, no, there's nothing anywhere that says you have to have this minimum or this is like what we expect from students. There's published data out there that shows the profiles of students who have gotten in, so you yeah. should be paying attention to that. But, you know, you so so first of all, there isn't that, but... There is unofficially, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that means you also have a lot more people applying because they feel like, oh, I don't never see anything that says I have to get three A's or A stars. So why, why don't I give it a go anyway? Yeah. Um, and that's why the acceptance rates are actually can, you know, our published acceptance rates are much lower at the top 
U.S. universities and the top U.K. universities oh, because you do have sense. a lot of people who one one of the reasons you do okay. have a lot of people who just apply because they think mm, could, could, let's could, give it a try. Yeah, who knows? Give it a yeah, try. Know. Who knows exactly? Yeah. Um, so so in the U.S. they're looking at you know um, your similar in a way, but but besides you know, they will look at your academic record as well. Of course, of course. Um, and again, you have to have you you know if you're going for the best best universities and the more selective ones you have to have that at a certain level the higher result higher result higher grades is always better um again an interesting course load because you're applying now for remember for a liberal arts um uh curriculum so they're looking for an interesting course load are you taking you know if you're are you taking stuff in in that's why ib for example is often seen as more more favorable for u.s universities than a level because you take more subjects you're taking right? more subjects you're taking up to six subjects right and you have the theory of knowledge whereas a level is often three subjects right maybe four sometimes but the point is it's more narrow because it's preparing you for that uk system right whereas so ib is often seen more favorably by the u.s schools um the u.s um universities so you know you so, so it's looking at that breadth of curriculum as well especially if you're applying for liberal arts um and then you've got the sat act that's yeah. another that's another score, score yeah. right? Which they which the UK doesn't require, um, and then and then they have again. Similarly, they have the essays, and remember they have the Common App essay, which is a personal essay. You can write about anything you want, pretty much. It's about something personal to you that you think is powerful that you want them to know about you. Yeah. So you can talk about anything, right? Um, and that's again a challenge. What are you going to write about? So that can that's yeah that's a piece of you know work in itself. But and and then you've got the supplementary essays for a lot of universities. Again, the more selective ones. So they've got that to look at as well. And that's painting an overall picture of you from a personal side. Yeah. That's your personal. Who side. are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. What's you know what? What's your what, personality? Right? What's your personality? And that's what they're trying to work out, which they care about more than yeah. the US, the UK ones do, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. They care about that angle more. The UK ones care about the, the academic angle more. So. Um, and then, and then again, you have your, um, recommendations and your extracurricular activities that you've done as well. And again, recommendations are very important from it, from your teachers and from your counselor usually. And so, you know, so that's again, another, that's their, you know, they also have recommendations from that side. Um, and that's what they will be, be looking at. There's sometimes we'll have interviews, alumni interviews as well. For the yeah. For the, it's for the, the first US. time I've heard like of, I know, like in my time, I never had interviews for any university that I applied to, but it seems like nowadays that I'm hearing it a bit more. So, so some universities will, some universities won't. Um, but in the U S yeah, they'll, they'll do alumni interviews. So it's not like they're going to like Cambridge or Oxford, they're going to drill you on like, you know, in, can you uh, differentiate, you know, <laughs> yeah. 2x to the power of whatever for, but you know, it's, it's, it's not they're going to make you do like, you know, really it's not hard. technical. It's not technical. Yeah, exactly. It's more like motivational and personality again, yeah. uh, just an extra data point for them to be able to work more, more, you know, work out more about you. So you'll sometimes have that too. And that can play a, a minor part, but it, it can influence obviously their, their, you know, their uh, decision. And that, so that's, you know, that's how that process works. So it's gotcha. similar in mm. a way, but slightly different. They're yeah, a bit more yeah. holistic, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, because of of their curriculum system, really. Yeah. You know, the, that that liberal arts system. So that's the, and that's what they're that's what they're looking for. That's what they're looking at. So it it is a, you know, quite, they're trying to look at a fairly complete picture of you to try and really work out whether you are the right fit or not. Um, and that's what they have at their disposal. Um, and they do have to just go through, like I said, there'll be some kind of automatic cuts probably by, do you have a certain, you know, if, for the UK, for example, particularly, if your grades are below a certain level. Yeah. Easy cut. You know, yeah. basically. Um, and then, yeah. Okay. The, then we'll look at, now we're going to look in more detail, the remaining ones. Yeah, exactly. And then they've got to go through the process. 
And so, yeah, and you can imagine, I mean, put yourself in the shoes of them. I mean, it's it's not easy. You know, you've got no, to go through and make not. these decisions. This, these two profiles might look really good. Which one am I going to pick? You know, and you literally have those decisions to make. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be a hair's, you know, and that's yeah, where yeah. the luck, maybe, maybe a bit of the luck does come in sometimes. Um, and so, you know, you've got to hopefully put your, push yourself up as high as you can in the priority order. Yeah. You know? One thing, um, so what I think my biggest takeaway personally from our conversation today is I never looked at it in such a, I guess, systematic way. Mm. And this, when I, when I say that, I mean, whether it was looking at it from the student's perspective or for the, from the university's perspective or parents, it's about like understanding what is U- the UK, like, what is that system? Mm. How does it work? What are they looking for? And vice versa for the U.S. There isn't, I guess, from what I was, I thought I would get from my conversation today is, oh, this is the, an- like the answer and this like plays into like everything. But what I've learned is it is very specific to what you're looking for, what you're applying to, because that's going to dictate so much, uh, so, uh, yeah. so many things. And on the point you said about universities and acceptance rates and so on, it's an interesting dilemma because as a university, you make money from having students. But at the same time, I'm also I'm like, I want you to come, but like maybe like not you guys. I want these kind of people. So it's a mm. very interesting push-pull that they have to do as well from the university's perspective because we want to attract students. We want the best, whatever. But you got to also give me a chance to get in, bro. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, So it's, it's an interesting dilemma. Yeah, it's it's a it's it is. I mean, we say admissions is a minefield, right? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> for sure. It's and, and yeah, you've got to again control what you can control, and you know, um, do do the best with that, and that that one that won't change. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you just have to position yourself as best as you can. Do with do with uh, what what you're given um, as best as you know as you can, basically. But yeah, it's a it's a very um, it's an interesting field. It's an interesting thing. Keeps you on your toes for sure by the sounds of it. Yeah, definitely keeps you on your toes. Keeps the students on their, keeps the parents on their toes. <laughs> yeah. Keeps everyone on their toes. So uh, it's uh, it's never, uh, it's an, it's a pretty dynamic, interesting field to be in. You yeah. Know? All yeah. things that pop up. So yeah. it does sound, it really does sound like it, man. Honestly, yeah. uh, there's so much that I never even thought of or like knew, but like now, like so many like aha moments, even for me, and I have nothing to do with this, but still. Well, we've all been through it. Every yeah, day, right? I, most, that's the most thing. Adults, we've all been through it. Exactly. So it's like you can always think back to yourself. Like, oh, oh, maybe oh, that actually. I should have. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So that's that's the interesting part. We've all been through it. You have that. We have before. that reference point. Yeah, we have that reference point. Exactly. exactly. Um, Talal, uh, one, uh, I just have two more questions for you. Sure. These are questions I ask all my guests. So number one. Uh, looking back at you know either personally or professionally or career university whatever the case might be if I ask you what are you most proud of for yourself what would you say what I'm most proud of yeah in my whole for you if I ask you that question what comes to mind what am I most proud of um I would probably say uh taking the initiative to set up my own business okay I think um that's something which you know, it it happened fairly organically for me, I guess. But it's, you know, I think taking that, being able to really take your destiny into your own hands and do your own thing, be your own boss, um, and just take on that challenge, you know. And, and you know, still here today um, and going through COVID and, you know, the challenges of COVID, I think, you know, that's, yeah, that was uh, something which I look back on and think I'm glad I did it. 
um it's been quite a you know quite a journey yeah for sure i think that's in my career i would say that's the thing which which i'm happiest that i've done basically yeah 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 and that makes a lot of sense, man. I can I resonate with that a lot. Like the work I do now, I do uh, podcast consulting. So I help companies and brands launch their podcasts. Now, I've been doing this podcast now two about almost yeah two years now. Wow, nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, I never planned to be doing podcast consulting ever. It just kind of happened organically. One person asked me for it. I'm like, and they were like, oh, I want it for my company, whatever. Mm. I'm like, okay. And then another person asked another. I'm like, okay, I guess there's a business there's here. Something, that's yeah. how it happens, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It was not planned, um, but, you know, alhamdulillah, we hasn't been long, but we've had some good success. So hopefully well, I, I can tell that you've done quite a few of these by the, by the, by the, by the, uh, the depth of, and uh, intricacy of your questions. I think, you know, you've definitely, it seems like you're, you're good at teasing out the right information from, from, from people so <laughs> i i appreciate that I man. you've that's, asked the right questions definitely so that's yeah. i'm very humbled and i really appreciate that i've uh, we put in a lot of work uh, i loved i love doing this bro like sitting down having a conversation with someone mm. this is my favorite thing to do in the world and especially if it's a topic i don't know about i just i'm just curious as fuck yeah i had to swear at the end but <laughs> it's fine um i just we can, um, we can we can do the bleep now. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and for my last question, uh, Talal, what mm. is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today? The message I'd like them to take home with me today is, um, I think we've talked about a few messages, right? For sure. Um, what stands th- out to you, though? I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it's the message of focus on on the journey, not the ultimate outcome that we spoke about before. I think that's really a philosophy that, uh, you know, if you can properly... Um, execute that in your life I feel like it will take you far yeah you know it will really take you far and if you can you know genuinely embody that and that's the challenge if you can genuinely embody that then that will yeah that will reap rewards in anything that you do 100% so I think that's uh, that's a a good message hopefully I think that's a fantastic message man and I like I really like what you said uh the word you use embody it because there's taking it on there's understanding it there's believing it but then living it is a completely different story so but obviously it is a process it's a process it's a process about the process so it just is just the way it is exactly 100 percent. talal man i want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today man this has been a fantastic conversation i've learned so so much bro i knew nothing about any of this so even my mind like completely blown thank you very um, much what it. is the uh, where can people find you if they want to work with you connect with you let us know yeah um, so this is the plug right the yeah plug of course part. yeah I got a plug um, so uh, so yeah so um, my business is called uh, Integra Education uh, you can find us online at www.integraeducation.net uh, link in the description yes um, <laughs> and uh <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, so all, all of our information is on there, uh, services that we offer that we've, we've discussed um, and you know, how you can get in touch with us, testimonials and um, you know, very specific information. Um, and so, uh, so that's, that's the main place where, you can, where people can easily find us, basically, awesome. and happy to always talk to people and, and have conversations and, uh, and discuss, uh, discuss things. Yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Khaled. I really appreciate it. No, man, it's Thank been a pleasure. Uh, guys, you heard it. If you want to get in touch with Talal, if you're a parent, if you're a brother, if you're a sister, whatever, you want to look at universities, you want any information that has to do with universities, Talal's your guy. Please get in touch. Yes, please get in touch at integraeducation.net guys as always uh, thank you so much for listening Talal thanks again I really thank appreciate you. it and as always hope it helps peace <laughs>